TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. This is episode 395 and as always, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch, the co-founder of 100 Not Out. He is the global dominator of all things health and wellness. He cracks your stress code. He teaches you about the power of food. He's a chiropractor, a naturopath, a nutritionist. Sadly, he's a Richmond supporter, but we don't hold that against him. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. Thank you, Piercy. Thanks again for your unbelievable introductions. Um, it is always a lot of fun to listen to what you're going to come up with. It's really great. Um, I don't know why it's unfortunate I'm rich with support. In fact, somebody today, when I was in, I was being introduced today because I've been doing some um, corporate gigs uh, via Zoom, I was being introduced today and John said, unfortunately, he's a Richmond supporter. Um, and I'm like, what, what do you mean, unfortunately? Like, he goes, you've got, you've been dominating for too long. I said, yeah, it's been the best four years of my last 47, yes. right? We had 30, 30 something years of drought. I mean, no one got stuck in. We the could, we day. could just do a whole, yeah, we could do a whole episode on the tall poppy syndrome that exists even in sport, where we oh. don't like it. So I know yeah. that I actually wanted to be a Brisbane Port Adelaide grand final, and you know why? It's it's, it's the Australian small minded culture that we live in, which I am sucked in by, because Brisbane haven't been there for. 16 years and either has port and that's the only reason why i want because i want the underdogs like geelong and richmond i'm like they're there all the time it sucks that australians are so and i'm putting it making it very generic now it's all australians are like this but it sucks that we uh we make it personal anyway i know our listeners i'll tell you what pc i'm eternally disappointed in you for saying that that's who you want in the final like and um you've really upset me um, I've banked for Melbourne all year. I understand the stats almost with Melbourne as much as what you do. Um, I bank for Melbourne harder and cheer louder than Amber does, and I get less grumpy than mm-hmm. Amber's mum does. So I'm uh, I'm I'm a Melbourne supporter, and here you are kicking the Tigers. Not kicking, up. no, not kicking. Just you just, just, just hope we don't make the grand final. Just like That's- to share the love. If I was the uh, CEO of any business, I'd just like to share the love and let what? let. One team every 18 years win a grand final because remember, I've never won one, Damien. In my life, I've never won one. So I am being diplomatic. Now, this is not the topic of today. I'm going to move on from football because we have got far more important things to talk about. Not my friend anymore. And, and I will be very happy, as I said to the kids, I'll be very happy and we'll be very happy for you more than anyone if Richmond win. But it's all because of you and how much we love you, not so much about Richmond. Um, now... <laughs> Uh, to completely 180 this uh, conversation, it's it's yeah. another sad day in Australia as it is in many other parts of the world when anyone takes their life somewhat we, we would call prematurely, um, and we know that people die every day. So let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that people die every day. But um, in Australia, on the day that we record this Wednesday, October 14, a 29 year old woman, um, Australian um, Jacinda Barclay, who is. Uh, she plays football for the GWS Giants. She has lost her life um, in a battle with mental health. And, you know, I know you just said at the beginning, Damo, that you've been doing a lot of corporate 
um, speaking engagements. And I know one of the presentations you give is on crack your stress code. And, you know, in learning about this young lady's um, death this morning, I just feel like we both feel like that. Even though we probably had a conversation about it probably four or six weeks ago, uh, the whole premise of this is we must continue to have strong conversations around stress and mental health because regardless of the bigger picture, um, it does not feel right that anyone at that age um, loses their life. So, or any age. At any, at any age, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I will talk openly and say that one of my neighbours who I grew up with, uh, Bill, um, he's probably my mum's age, but Bill has died during COVID in a, in a battle from mental health. And I think people can read be- between the lines when we say what a battle with mental health is in these circumstances. But let's just be clear, like, it, it, it's not an age thing, um, as you just said, but it's it's not... We have to talk about this. Uh, we can't just continue to, you know, put little phone numbers at the end of news articles um, thinking that that's kind of doing the community service that it is. Like, let's put it out there and, and let's open up the conversations and be courageous enough to be vulnerable um, at times like this. So over to you, great man. You've been sharing the Crack Your Stress Code wisdom uh, for many years. Um, what are you observing in your presentations at the moment? around people's stress levels, their, their mental health or lack thereof, um, and, and, and how do we help these people? Mm. It's, uh, it's unbelievable because, you know, as you and I were talking about this just before, before we went on air, you know, we said that at the moment everyone's at home in their living room, you know, so a lot of people are visible, but people are struggling. People are really having a rough time of it. Um, it's a difficult conversation to bring up. Um, you know, if we were to talk to Gus Warland, which one day maybe you and I could get Gus, Gussie on. I think mm-hmm. it'd be unbelievable. Um, can, I can arrange to bring Gus on and we can talk about mental health, you know, from his perspective um, and the way in which he tackles mental health and the way in which uh, Gotcha for Life um, talks about making sure that people have a safety net and that they, you know, they feel supported. Um, and often it's a question, it's as simple as, you know, it's a statement often is saying, PC, if I'm struggling, can you, if you think I'm struggling, um, you know, can you make sure that you sing out to me? Can you, you know, make sure that you ask me questions? Um, it's it's just giving somebody permission. The fact that I would say that to someone who I suspect is having a, a rough time mm. often gives them permission to say, hey, would you do the same for me? And hey, can we have a chat? Um, and so there's those little things. It actually brings the conversation to the fore. Um, but the early signs of uh, of losing control over all of this is when stress becomes overwhelming you know it's way like it's ages ago you know like when it all became overwhelming um or when it all became uh, you know too much that it created just a little bit of stress created anxiety mm. that's when the warning bell should have been going mm. off that's that's the 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 slippery slope of uh, mental health decline uh, and so we need to be picking that up when anxiety kicks in um, instead of waiting for insomnia and then depression to kick in um, so that, you know, we're more the fence at the top of the cliff rather than the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Oh, that's, this, that's is, this is spot on. Okay, so I've got a few hard-hitting questions for you. <clears throat> Do you think it's true that perhaps we are so distracted by Netflix, by Facebook and Instagram that when our friends are experiencing anxiety uh, and maybe overwhelm, that we don't pick up on the cues. Um, and secondly, on top of that, that we are actually too scared or disempowered to ask them, are you okay? Because we don't feel like we can comfortably deal with the answers. 
Yeah, I think it's that. It's like, what do you do next? Because at the moment, the education is Core Lifeline um, or Beyond Blue. That's that's the only education people get. That's not a coping mechanism. That's um, another that's another step. Like it doesn't actually. We're not taught how to deal with it. You know, if you're overweight, you're taught to eat better food. If you're um, on drugs, you're taught to go into rehab or you know do something else. Or if you've got heart disease, you're taught to exercise more and uh, reduce your carbohydrate intake or watch your saturated fat or whatever it is, whatever the approach is going to be. So there's education around that, but. It, you know, if we go back to the 80s when Australia first implemented a strategy around um, obesity and heart disease um, and we had life be in it. So there was Norm sitting on the couch um, and Norm's wife says, come on, Norm, come out for a walk. And he's on the couch having a burger or sipping on a on a soft drink or whatever. Um, and the, the commentary was, don't be a Norm, you know. Mm. Um, and it was it was more it was more about that. That was a number of steps better than what we're doing now, 40 years later, to, with regards to mental health, you know, where we're saying, you know, if this triggers you, uh, this podcast, uh, or if this news announcement triggers you, or if this newspaper article triggers you, call Lifeline or Beyond Blue. Now, I'm going to put a caveat in there and say that if it does trigger you mm. and you've got no one else to talk to, uh, then pick up the phone and talk to Lifeline um, or, you know, sp- speak to Beyond Blue. You know, by all means, speak to somebody. Like, speak to somebody because it's not as bad as what you think. Um, but most people are concerned or scared and nervous about having those questions or having those conversations with people that they might suspect are doing it tough. Yeah. And this is where you said no one else to talk to. This is the challenge of human beings, not just right now, particularly if you're in Victoria um, or a part of the world where it's harder to socialize. But this is a this is the life. I think you and I have spoken about it on on this podcast before. Is it um, we are? Is it what's called an individualist country? You've kind of got individualist countries or community countries. I can't remember if you were teaching me about this, but you've got countries that are that they are founded on a village atmosphere. So let's use Ikaria for example. Yeah. That yeah. that village culture is They're actually raised. raised to ask for help when you need it because that's just the the culture you've been brought into. Yeah. Now we live in what's more called an individualist country. Now don't get me don't pick me up on the languaging if I get this wrong, but our culture is not necessarily, it's not built into our culture that you ask for help. We are a striving, achieving, climbing a ladder culture where, I think it's called collectivist and individualist. Anyway, it's not in our culture necessarily, and I don't like saying it in such a finite way, but we are not taught necessarily to ask for help that easily. And we're actually taught that it's not so bad if you actually don't have friends because we are so, our, our, our social agenda is like are you watching maths at the moment what's going on in the bachelor are you watching the footy tonight did you listen to that on the radio did you read that article in the paper none of that has anything to do with the news of the village like our village is our country and and no one really knows if people are connected or disconnected we only know if we're consuming media and that is not that it's a bad thing but that keeps us connected or you know you can talk to any stranger about the football in melbourne or about you know gladys and the relationship that she did or didn't have in new south wales like we connect on that level but on a community level 
Yeah. We don't. So when, as you said, when stress triggers us to make us anxious and then down the cascade, which again, you refer you refer this so beautifully in Crack Your Stress Code, when we become overwhelmed and feeling of helpless, if our only network is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DMing people now and then, but no real community, then from a public health perspective, that's why the only options is call Lifeline or call Beyond Blue because we don't really have a network, in it, which is sad. Uh, to go beyond that well we had networks you know we had networks in around that you know and that was called church and religion you know that was where we used to go um but the church and religion of today is science and medicine um and so a lot of people can't afford that they don't want to you know take drugs and they don't want to have to pay to go see a doctor about these sorts of things it used to be that during confession or during your prayer time you know, you would bring this up with the priest or the rabbi, um, you know, whoever church leader that you know that you would go to see, um, and you would talk about it. You know, this is the stuff that used to be offered, and that was the social fabric or the social structure. But these days, the re- religion is me- medicine is the religion of the tw- of 2020. Um, I believe in medicine. I don't believe in that. You know, I believe in the doctor. I don't believe in that. You know, it's just, it's not about belief. You know, in using the data, you can't data the shit out of mental health. Mm. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, the only way you can actually get this sorted is to start education programs about what questions do we ask each other. Mm. You know, it used to be you know we were studying Italian. It was like, um, come tikiami. You know, yeah. what is your name? Oh, Mikiamo Marcus. Camiano, right? <laughs> come stai? Oh, um, molto bene. Uh, molto bene. Molto bene, grazie. You know, and so like you're already thinking, yes, I'm very good. Thank you. You know, so you're learning conversations around that. But who learns that these days? Who mm. learns to ask how somebody is? How are you? And then you ask with a proper response. It's It doesn't happen. So if we spent some money on um, teaching people the questions that we might ask uh, on television um, or in our media or in our education system, what are the questions we need to ask of our friends? You know, if mm. we identify that they're struggling, how do we make it safe? How do, how do they know that we actually care without pushing them further? That's where we've got to be spending, you know, some money. All right. So when you and I rule the country as prime minister and chief advisor <laughs> next year, you're definitely the PM. I'm definitely chief advisor just to keep you on a, on a tight leash. I would have a, a campaign about the news, about food, and about grog. Now, yep. let's talk about this for a moment. I would have a campaign uh, that pretty much on the TV says, are you watching this right now whilst, you eat, whilst you're eating your dinner and you may not be talking to your family even though they're sitting 30 centimeters away from you? Um, a campaign on actually how to master the art of eating intelligently and master yeah. the art of consuming alcohol. So when we go to Ikaria, and I, I talk about this a lot, we go up to Yarni Yoana's house. Yeah. Uh, we never eat on an empty stomach, whereas in no. Australia, eating is cheating. If you go to Ikaria, yes. they're pulling out the cheese, the strawberries, the bread, and, and you aren't eating on an empty stomach. Secondly, you are never drinking alone. No. You just don't do it. It's not even no. a concept. It would never it's enter your mind. If, if you were at home alone in a non-COVID world in Ikaria and you yeah. had a four-liter plastic container of wine, which is what Yanni and Yuana have, they would lug it to their neighbors. They would walk down the rickety-rackety steps down to the village to find a friend to drink with and that would yeah. stimulate conversation. But because they were eating and drinking at the same time, they wouldn't get drunk 
because that's just not what they would do. And, and in Ikaria, we talk about it, they frown upon getting drunk. Yep. Um, and 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 not that this is really that important to this conversation, they would only ever really drink the local wine because they're wine snobs and they prefer, as Damien <laughs> says, their red wine vinegar versus their uh, Barossa Shiraz. It's true. Um, but when it comes to eating, they would always eat as a family. They would never switch on. The only time I ever saw them... Well, I remember when they, remember when the World Cup was on in 2018, and and uh, some of the locals would be watching the TV from Thayer and Ilias's because yeah. that was like the only TV in town type thing. Yeah, um, I was going to say the yeah. only time I've seen them eat in front of the TV, but they weren't eating in front of the TV, and I don't even have visions of them drinking in front of the they TV. Were. No, they're having beers. They're having beers. Having beers. Yeah, but yeah. that was more the young guys, and but even the older guys were sitting there with some grappa, and but they're yeah. sitting around. But it was and social. Not- Social yeah, all together, yeah, yeah, and, and they were cheering. You know, that's a cultural thing. You know, we do that. That's what sport does. You know, back in the day, the gladiator they were doing that. You know, the yeah. Romans were there drinking their wine out of their goblets. Um, you know, and, <laughs> and chucking it. their empty goblets in at the gladiators. Um, and, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, that's. I think that's a fabric. That's a structure, which I think is important, um, and. Learning the a learning the art of drinking well and learning the art of eating well are important. Um, learning the art of mentaling well, I think, is also really important. And Krista asks a question here. Krista says, "And do people ever really give a true answer when asked how they are?" That's in response to Wendy. Mm-hmm. Do we really listen to the answer when we ask the question, "How are you?" And my thing is, is that we've gone too far down the track for that to actually have to take effect. So we've become so disconnected that people then become so distant that then the question of how are you becomes more important now than what it ever would have been. Um, and so taking steps back, we should really know how people are mm. because we would be open. We would be having conversations. We wouldn't be keeping secrets. We're not mysterious. We're not trying to, you know, hide anything from anybody. And that's the village feel that you spoke yeah. about before. So what we see in Ikaria if we go and speak with Yanni and Joanna, they know what's happening with the yeah. 12-year-olds and the 8-year-olds and the 24-year-olds and the 30-year-olds and the 50-year-olds and the 60-year-olds and the 70-year-olds because they're across it. You know, it's it's we shouldn't have to wait for a question and then know how to navigate or to punch down leg side the question um, of how are you. You know, there shouldn't yeah. be that much pressure on that question. We should already know. And and this can this is not a um, this I hope people are getting this. This is not an in only an Ikaria conversation. This can be happening in Bayside, Melbourne, in yeah. the Macedon Ranges, in yeah. CBD, Sydney, wherever you live. This can happen anywhere. And and in Ikaria, they will tell you wholeheartedly they are massive gossipers. They yes. love the local gossip, but they're not. The gossip's not. Oh, she's cheating on him, and he's left her. No, it's it's actually. Oh, yeah. She's just. Uh, she's just had a fall, so we're looking after her at the moment. And this guy's uh, crop of grapes isn't going, so we've lent him some of ours so he can drink some wine this summer. And uh, someone down the road needs some help uh, paving their backyard, like. That's the type of gossip, and and we don't have that. We we've got far more, like you said, vindictive well, you, type gossip. Tell you, like my practice as a chiropractor is open plan. You might have seen it, PC, and I've got have. five tables in one big room, and I bloody love it. Like I love it because I get a chance to have conversations. Everyone gets a chance to have, you know, a listen in and have, you know, hear what the conversations are. And if there's anything that's personal in nature that doesn't want to be spoken about in the large room, we go into the back room, have a conversation in the back room. 
um, you know, in a quiet space. But I remember early on when I first took over the practice from Michael Bloom, um, somebody said to me, geez, you're a bit of a gossiper, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, like, is that a bad thing? You know, like I thought I felt really bad about it. And so I stopped like that. Um, but what that gossip actually does, the conversation about, oh, you know, you know, Piercy's dad was in earlier on today and, you know, unfortunately he breaks from Melbourne, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, we could we could have those little chats and little digs and all that sort of stuff and that's a lot of fun. But when that stopped, um, everything kind of became a little bit more serious. But that that whole conversation, that conversation piece, not that I, I don't want it ever to seem to be gossip, more out of interest's sake, um, actually helps people feel part of the web. Mm. So I received a message just before about a guy who's been doing some running and now he's got you know sore knees and so I know how to fix that, right? So now I'll have conversations in my practice about, hey, if you're running um, and you get sore knees, uh, this is what you've got to do to fix it. Mm. And so um, that little conversation piece which came through from somebody else uh, now becomes something that can help people. So that it, that's a physical issue, but the same could be said for mental health, and uh, and that's what I'd like to you know head in that direction, make it more of a village feel. Absolutely, and I think you know if any of what we're saying is, for want of a better word, triggering you, I think it's so important to know what are your triggers for your mental health. Like when, when what what not what makes you overwhelmed? As Damo's saying, go before that. Like what makes you feel anxious? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's normally a response, well, pretty much 100% of the time, it's a response about something in the future. And guilt is, is a response about something in the past. So yeah. if you know when you feel anxious or guilty, which are both, you know, mental health, uh, what's the word you're just saying? Like they're, the, they're one of the steps, you know, like that's a really good clue as to how you're going. Like what makes you feel anxious? What makes you feel guilty? And, and open up the conversation on that because that that might be a lot easier for you if you're going oh this this makes me feel feel overwhelmed like that that's that may feel too hard because you go this and this and this and this and this and that that also may be good for you but just what triggers you what makes you mm. go oh and mm. tell people what it is because just mm. just letting go of that you know mm. is really nice i know for me like um if anyone has a go at my work ethic that's that's a definite <laughs> trigger Oh, yeah. If you're going to tell me, and, and particularly if you have a point, particularly if you've actually, if there's a skerrick of truth in it, I'm like, oh dear. Um, but I know, like, I'm very aware of it. So, so I am, I think, in a personality test, I am hyper vigilant. Some people would call it detail oriented, other people would call it perfectionist. But that's a protection mechanism because <laughs> I don't want people to say, <laughs> I, I don't want it on me that I don't have work ethic and yeah. that I don't give something my all. And so I actually you, think you, on the flip side that you, you give everything your all. Yeah, it's like a good part actually, of you yeah. don't take it on unless you can give it your all. That's your thing. Yeah. So, but we've all got our thing, whatever it is. And I think you know the unexamined life is not worth living. So examine what you are doing that mm. or what you are thinking, um, in order to kind of take a step forward in this adventure uh, that we're all going on at the moment. Yeah. Very nice, PC. Very nice. Now, obviously, you talk about this. Um, in around exceptional life, I talk around it. Um, in around cracky stress code and power of food and gut first and all that sort of stuff. And so, we're doing these sorts of things and we're going out to different organisations and in our community to do these sorts of talks. And 
Um, and I think it's really mm. important that people know that you know these conversations are actually happening. Um, we know that Gussie is doing some stuff, Man Anchor is doing some stuff. You know, you know, there's so many different organisations. You know, people are doing stuff to make this better and to raise awareness. I think, yeah, I think what you're saying, uh, this is the time for one of the best, best obvious plugs of all time. I've got a couple of things here. First one is the 100 Not Out community is very tight. We are a very strong bunch of listeners and viewers and the rest. Um, Pete stop Lennon. Looking, stop looking. Stop. I'm looking at the comments. No, no. It looked like you were looking out the window at your wife in the bathroom. Oh, no. No one's there anymore. They're all upstairs. Okay, okay. No, I'm looking down at the comments because I saw him on earlier. Pete Lennon, uh, who, who is a crusader in Mental Health and Mental Health Month, um, I'm doing a talk for Pete's organization next week on conversations and connections. And I think, Damo, what is really important that people know is that if you love what Damo says about mental health, power of food, gut first, Damo is doing presentations to country to countries, to organizations all over the country and probably across the ditch, I reckon, as well. Um, on, on these very important topics, on health, on immunity, on gut health, on mental health and stress. So connect with Damo. Um, if you are in an organization that would love someone like Damo, um, and for myself, I'd just say just go and, go and get a pre, go and, go and get one of the first books, which Damo has suggested, write love notes in. So all pre-orders, Damo, are getting a love note. So I'll pop good. the link in the show notes. So good, so good. But I, even beyond that, PC, I know your presentations and I know the workshops that you run and they're unbelievable. So, you know, just I've, I've done Exceptional Life uh, with you. I've sat in the audience for that. I don't know if I actually did it properly, but I sat in the audience and the way you present the information, that content is unbelievable. I think Wendy might have done it. I think she was there and so um, might have even been there with Jody. So Wendy was one of the first. She came up to yeah, Byron. And Deb, yeah, she came Deb up to and Byron. Jody and they were all there. Yep. So... Um, you know, you know, it's it's an unbelievable program that you run and, and I'm sure that you continue to refine that as you go along, as I do. But, uh, you know, get Marcus to come and speak in your organization. Um, not that this is a shameless plug, but, you know. No, no, it is. It is because it's important. You and I, we never really market ourselves at all. So let's just go on whilst we can. You know what? Speaking of a shameless plug, we should give people the opportunity, Damo, for you and I to go on together. We're a good team, you and I. 395 episodes in, I've realised you and I can do this. Yeah, we could. So, so we could go on as, I don't know if we're comedians just yet, but we could raise the mental health roof yeah. as, a, as an engaging, educa- educating, entertaining, you know, borderline inspiring, just depending on what side of the fence you're on. Borderline um, entertaining. Borderline entertaining and borderline humorous. Um <laughs> But anyway, I think it's important to know that, you know, it just bugs me that this is a serious topic that, in all honesty, I don't feel like we're making much headway in at the moment. Um, So not here in Melbourne. Yeah. So not in Melbourne. So, all right. Uh, Yeah, Duncan Stewart came along to the first uh, Byron Live and he uh, he played... I'm going, to, I'm going to out him here. He went like this. He played the piano that was hiding behind the curtain uh, in the Byron Theatre. And when I found out that he was a piano extraordinaire, I said, Dunk, would you play for us? And Wendy Stewart was in tears in the front row. Wendy, can you post that video sometime? Maybe even in this chat. Because Dunk played the piano in public for, I don't know, if it was the first time in years because he never does it. He only plays the piano at home and I think 
Wendy, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I think he actually doesn't even like to have Wendy in the room when he plays the piano. Maybe that's changed now. I don't know. But he played not only in front of Wendy but in front of 100 people in Byron, in the Byron Theatre on this beautiful piano. And it was like one of those come to Jesus holy moments. It was like, whoa. He played Moon River. I still remember it. He played Moon River. Um, for those of you that don't know, I won't sing it, but just just YouTube Moon River. Um, it was just a spine tingler. So anyway, I'm I'm, I'm digressing. Um, anyway, yep. Ah, oh, it's great. It's great. Hey, good chat. Good chat. Um, just going back to uh, the beginning and the middle uh, to end this. If this does trigger you at the moment, um, there's not. Uh, you know, this conversation could have triggered some some feelings, emotions, thoughts in you. If you feel uh, that you can't turn to anybody um, or you're nervous about turning to anybody that you know, um, pick up the phone, speak to Lifeline, speak to Beyond Blue. Um, if you look in the chat uh, on the Facebook page, then you'll notice that there's a whole bunch of different links that uh, Krista has been sending through, Better Men Tall, um, you know, contact your local GP so that you can get some mental health care. Um, uh, Pete Lennon's uh, dropped in there, www.iyarn.com. Yes, um, big fan of iyarn. Good work yeah, by Lockie is, Cook. He's a good football-loving person, Lockie Cook, who's created iyarn. So fantastic. He's one of us. We should get him on, actually. Okay. We should Let's get him on. That. There'd be too much I'll football yes, in I'll there, yes. but he's, um, um, <laughs> he's Mental good. health first aid courses. What a great yeah. idea from Krista. There's so many different things that you can do, but if this does actually trigger you, um, contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224636 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. Um, or if you're really at the end of it and you just can't keep on going and you're really struggling um, and suicide is there then suicide callback service one three hundred six five nine four six seven. I'll say that again one three zero zero six five nine four six seven. It is really important. Um, please reach out to someone if you need help. We want to help. Everyone wants to help you, and uh, and that's important. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, to all of our lovely viewers and listeners of this podcast, thank you for your support. Uh, again, Damo and I have said we can come and speak to your organization or connect with you in some way. If you want to do that, head over to damienchristoff.com, uh, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Thank you to Joseph Tomo, our wonderful editor, Cielo, who shares this on the socials, our Annie Council, who shares the 100 Not Out Instagram. That's at 100.notout. Annie, you angel. Um, angel. Legend angel. You know, and uh, there might be a few exciting announcements coming up actually in the next month or so if uh, you and I can have a few off-air conversations. Um, to all of our lovely 100 Not Outers, we love you guys. Look after yourself. And until next week, as we inch closer to 400 Not Out, may the rest of your life sincerely be the best of your life. Bye for now. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.